that you're gonna get oh never mind. <laughs> <laughs> <My bad. laughs> All right, we are live, I believe. Yeah. All right, yep. Yep. All right. I don't know if it worked. If you click okay. on it, we're yeah. on. <laughs> Look at me laughing. If y'all see comments, by the way, um, read them online or read them on air. I always forget how to look at them. Well, I know you have to click the, you have to click it in, but I wish there was another way to go back and see some of them. I don't know how to do that. You just scroll up in the chat, but you can go all the way back. In the chat? Like if you're in this screen, I don't know if you can see it on my phone. Yeah, just go just up and down. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's wait until we get some people in here. All right. All right, y'all ready? Ready, I suppose. All right. Back for another episode of ATB. Our main host bandit is out for tonight he had a uh he had a calf injury out six to eight weeks that's okay but we've upgraded as host me this podcast automatically just gotten better uh dr did you bring your gift bring your uh bring your thing i did and and i brought mine I, it's horseradish because it reminded me of the horse <laughs> Dang. i brought my water bottle you may get arrested yeah, should have told somebody to bring a um, golf ball, but I forgot about it. But don't be throwing that during the podcast, okay? So we're going to get you uh, previewed up for Bama, review Ole Miss. We have a lot to talk about Ole Miss. We got a couple of uh, segments here breaking down the game, breaking down what happened. Uh, let's start with just uh, general thoughts on the game. Paul, you're up, buddy. Well, I mean – if we're focused on on-field play, I think Hendon Hooker had another great game. He's still yet to have a turnover as a starter. Our defense held the Heisman front runner to seven points in the second half and also forced his first turnover of the season. Um, you look at everything Tim Banks has done with this defense, the fact that we were coming into this year expecting teams to score 50 on us, and we've yet to allow 50 in one game. So, I mean, that's already an improvement from the last coach who was a defensive guru. And then, you know, I think not having Tyon Evans once again showed just how crucial he is to this team. Jabari Small is a great back. I even told his parents walking out of the stadium, I saw him, I was like, your son played a great game. But I told my friend, I was like, what Tyon or Jabari is only as good as when Tyon Evans is in the game. Jabari is not going to be a premier back for us not at least this year he's just not that guy yet Tyon is the guy we need every snap at running back just about Jabbar is a great third down back I love having him on this team I just think it's it's a two-headed monster without Tyon Jabari just does not play the same way but uh defensively you know we forced two turnovers one officially 
you know, I thought we played a really good game defensively. Yeah. Uh, and then the most Tennessee thing happens in our big games and Bayless Jones fumbles the first punt of his whole career here. And of course, if that was against, if we would have made this game a noon game and didn't check or kneel and didn't do anything special, we probably would have won by 40, but you know, that's Tennessee for you. And that's all I got on the actual game on the field. You know, I, I'm usually uh, negative. It's hard to be negative on this, man, especially you look back at how shorthanded we were. I mean, we had number 13 team in the nation. And we had a walk-on running back in the fourth quarter taking snaps, critical snaps. Uh, and we're just shorthanded right now, man. we got 71 damn uh, scholarship players. Uh, I love how the guys are playing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I thought back during that game to Pruitt's first year against Vanderbilt. That last game, we had to win for bowl contention. We were getting our ass whipped by Vanderbilt. And I remember the players on the sideline, I think, was, I think it was Schamberger. I don't remember the other one. They were just cutting up and laughing. You're not seeing bull crap like that. I mean, that Hoppable's – Hoppable. Hoppable is such a likable guy. Um, I love how they're playing for him. You know, some things – Matt Corral, honestly, I, I can see why he's a Heisman contender. He's an awesome quarterback. He had 195 rushing yards, and – we had a spy back there. We're not known to have the greatest linebacker play right now, but our spies could do not, couldn't do anything. You know, he just had to outrun them. Um, and then we had, what was it, Dane Davis. He's a former walk-on. He was playing out there. Ollie Lane, I, when he committed, I thought, I hope I never see him on the field. I just He reminded me too much of this Butch Jones lineman. And I, I don't know. I, there's plenty to get into to be negative, but – Played our ass off against number 13 team in the nation, extremely shorthanded. And I, I've i never been one of those moral victory guys. You know, I just want them to have fun and not get hurt. But I, I was so damn proud of that team. And that's all I got. So, yeah, I want to start this off by saying that I was overall, like, super impressed with the way they played. I, I said it was going to be down to the wire, and it definitely was. I did last pod. I kind of broke mine down into first and second half, and I'm going to do that this time as well because I felt like there was a, again, a huge shift in play between first and second half. So in the first half, I wasn't really impressed with our offense. It felt like they couldn't get going. Um, our defense, it was interesting to me because, you know, they kept going for it on third and fourth down, which is really hard on the defense whenever you hold them to third and fourth downs and they keep converting, it's kind of frustrating. But overall in the first half, even though our offense didn't get going, like we punted, I think we punted five times in the first half and we were still only down at halftime by 12 points. So that tells me I give a huge credit to our defense in that, well, in the whole game, but especially in that first half to have five punts against such a hot offense and still only go in at halftime down by 12 points. I thought that said a lot, but then I also just want to give a huge amount of credit because usually all those mistakes when, when we've started out on previous teams and just in general, it's really hard to come back from that. Even though we were down 12 points, that was a lot to make up and we didn't know, you know, how hot Ole Miss was going to come out in the second half. I felt like we made a ton of adjustments, especially on offense and they did not let their previous mistakes affect the second half. They just wiped it off clean slate. And I think that's just huge. And it says a lot about the character of this football team and a lot about the staff to be able to make those adjust adjustments and us be able to see that on the field. <clears throat> I just absolutely love that. I think they played their hearts out. And 
can't you can't ask anything better than that to be in it all the way up until the very last play of the ball game. I mean, you got to give them props for that. So, uh, it sounds like y'all a bunch of sunshine pumpers out here. Uh, so, um, good game, solid game from a, from an outsider standpoint, from a from a college football fan standpoint. That was a very good game, very entertaining. You had highs, you had lows. This is the type of game, and I preach it, I say it, that this is the type of game that it's time for us to win. I don't care how you win it. I don't care what you do to win it. I don't care if you pull it out your ass to win it. You, this is a game. It's time for the University of Tennessee to win. The 102-455, the checker kneeling, the 7 o'clock ESPN start, the 13th-ranked Tennessee, the the former coach, the um, – I could go on and on with storylines. It's time to win a game like this. And um, as far as some of the positive stuff, um, I tweeted this in the first half, and I kind of got some hate towards on this. But I, the defense played way above – level and played way above their head and I kind of got some flack for that and they were like well they have 24 points at halftime I'm like okay but break it down a little bit okay and we'll get to some of the calls in the second half but a TD was wiped off the board Uh, they had to defend the goal line when one of your receivers made a mistake on the punt return okay so that's a 14 point swing take take um, take seven off 24 and then give us seven off um, what do we have at halftime? Twelve. It's right there. So yes, the defense played their ass off. We had a bunch of misfits running to the ball, and as far as Matt Corral running all over us, when you break it down, it looks awful. One ninety-five. It looks terrible. Okay, they held the top five scoring ranked offense to seven points in the second half. And 31 points total. 31 points in today's college football is not a lot. And actually, if you told me beforehand that we held um, Ole Miss to 31, I would have said we would have beat them by at least 10. Um, I didn't mention this to anybody. It was just kind of a thought prehand. I had a real bad feeling that our hit one hiccup would have been offense, and it was. We could not get going in the first couple drives. Just something was missing. It may have been Evans, really. But Hooker couldn't get comfortable. Hooker couldn't find open receivers. Um, some of the – as good as – as much as we praise Hopple, <coughs> he had a couple of um, – I just didn't understand. There was one point where in later in the game, I think it was about the four-minute mark. We were driving, about to take the lead. We have a holding call. It's first and 17. We hand the ball off, okay? Second down and long. 16 or 17, whatever, we run the ball. I don't get it. I don't understand that. I was pissed. It's so demoralizing. Third down, you know what we did? We ran a five-yard curl to the tight end. Incomplete. We punted the ball. I don't understand that. Throw it deep. If it gets picked, it's like a punt. Um, If you get P.I., you get 15 yards in the first down. It's worth the risk. I don't understand that mindset. Um. Like I said, the offense, I felt like it was a little hiccupy, like it took it a second. Uh, and I'm sitting here looking at the box score 
we scored nine, three, seven, seven per quarter. Nine points in the first, third, in the or yeah, three in the second. And I mentioned last week, I said we can't have quarters where we don't score. And even though we didn't have a scoreless quarter like we did in Bowling Green and South Carolina, three points in the second quarter against the top five ranked scoring offense. What if Ole Miss was on Saturday? What if what if our defense was terrible? They would have ran. They would have put sixty on us. Um, Got to be able to score. Can't 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 go three and outs. Um, disappointing end of the game. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, overall, mad, disappointed. Kind of takes the wind out of your sails. Um, that's a game that we have to win. We eventually have to win those type games. But, uh, Paul, you're up. We're going to talk about, in the second segment, we're going to talk about just more general thoughts about the game. And we're going to start getting into um, some of the ref calls and some of the Ole Miss injuries. So, Paul, you're up, buddy. So, one of the things I forgot to touch on in my initial uh, segment part, and Dr. T- or DR talked about this, is how just how like much we were missing the depth we had. Our offensive line, I mean, Cade Mace goes down in the first half. So we're without Cooper, Cade. Spragans had to go out for a drive or two. Like, we were just playing with, like, anybody. Like, Heupel's like, hey, who wants to go in on O-line? Basically is how we, I felt we were putting out O-line. And it just seemed like the refs were just, like, against us. Like, I hate to say that, and it's such a bullshit excuse when you lose a close game. And I hate when we beat teams by a close margin and they say, well, the refs fucked us. But, like, if you watch that game as, like, you have no dog in this fight, like you're not a Tennessee fan, you're not an Ole Miss fan, you're just a college football fan, and you actually watch this game, you'll see it. Like, there's no denying that there is just a bunch. Matt Corral did not give himself up. That was a strip sack. That's literally the definition of it. Like, I don't see – I've never heard of anything – any quarterback being able to give themselves up standing straight up. Like, I've just never heard of that. I, that may be a new rule. I'm not saying I'm an official. Just I know everything about officiating. I don't. But, like, if I'm standing straight up and you s- hit the shit out of me and rip the ball out and you scored, you deserve that touchdown because I just stood there and watched you hit me. And then, like Leland mentioned, every, it just seemed like every time we had momentum on offense, an Ole Miss player was hurt. And then it was it was just like I, I I'm really just trying not to cuss up a storm. It, it, the guys played great. I'm just so frustrated at how like this game was taken away from us. Like we didn't lose. I mean we we didn't play the best. Like we definitely lost that way. But I mean if you give us our seven points back and then you take away the seven points they scored on that drive that they did fumble, that's a 14 point swing. We win 33 to. 24. I mean, that's a that's a nine-point win. It's just frustrating. That's all I'm really going to say. It's just a frustrating loss, and I'm just pissed about all of it. You know, it, it's kind of hypocritical because what I said earlier, but we were really thin on the line. But, man, that's one thing I noticed. They had three down linemen. We had no no push. And our, the offensive play, Colin, I don't know if it's because Evans was out or what. There, there was no creativity at all. Uh, I mean, like Paul said, I mean, I like small, but, man, you can tell a huge freaking difference when Evans is out. And it's, it's that woulda, coulda, shoulda, but, man, Evans in that game, it's totally a different ball game. I don't even think you have to worry about that crap calling at the end. Um, 
Lost my train of thought. Uh, we spotted them some points at the beginning of the game, guys. I mean, the defense did play great. And, you know, Leland, you're talking about it. Like, I really thought – I told my friend because I live in West Tennessee. I thought they were about to go up 30-7. to 7. I said, they go up, let's just leave. But our defense stepped up. And, I mean, we come out. We do what we need to do. We stopped their freaking offense. The crowd was into it. And Belis just wets the bed. And then at the end, when it comes down to, you know, we got to score, we got to score. Well, we had a missed field goal. And the uh, special teams really worry me. Like, I like Mike Eckler, the way he acts, headbutting, all that crap. But the special teams looks like trash lately. And that, that worries me. And I'm tired of having a kicker go up there. I know this is like battered ball syndrome, but it seems like anytime the other team's kicking, it's it could be like a 98-yard field goal. And I say, well, they're going to make it. And we have an extra point. I'm just sweating bullets, worried we're going to make it. Uh, it should have never come down to bad refereeing. We, should, we had we had chances to win the game. And, you know, between Bayless and, well, special teams play. And it just kind of killed us, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was praising special teams. But the past couple games, they have really not – done a hot job at all i mean that is the it's special teams for a reason they can win you football games they can lose you football games it was very apparent that they did not come out to a hot start there um again just like we like you guys touched on i really thought the defense played a great job and i was just i mean it is really shocking that we were only down by 12 at the half i mean out of everything else like that was 100 percent our defense in terms of the injuries and stuff, I just, that's one thing that just drives me absolutely nuts. I mean, I think it was, it averaged out to an omit out of all of our plays that we took, all of the snaps on Tennessee's offensive side of the ball. An Ole Miss player went down about every three and a half plays throughout that game. That is absolutely 100% like ridiculous there is absolutely no room for that in collegiate sports there is no room for it in basketball that's why they have a penalty for it so why do we not hold these teams accountable i mean i understand like they're trying to get subs in but that's cheating i mean every three and a half plays that is 100 percent cheating and we're just letting them do it i think it's pathetic i'm calling on Greg Sankey to get his head out of his ass and do something about this in, in the SEC because they're, everyone's just going to keep doing it. And do we really want to set that type of standard and allow that to happen? That just changes the game. I think it's cheating. It's very apparent in this game. If you go back and watch it, which I did, I was just disgusted. And it also takes away from legitimate injuries. I mean, honestly, it really does. So if it's a penalty in basketball, it should be a penalty in football. I stand by that, and I think they really need to do something about it. Um, to piggyback off you, I don't know if you can penalize them. Um, you're going to have to find a way to do some type of, you know, when their helmet falls off and they're out for a play. Somebody had some good – some good uh, play Travis, I think, had a good uh, idea where um, – you know, you sit the rest of the quarter or something. And what was funny is somebody responded to him and said, what if they're not – or what if they're really hurt? Well, if you're really hurt, you're going to be out anyway. So um, do do three plays, do the drive, 
do a quarter. I don't. I don't want to get into the targeting. You know how targeting, you're out for the rest of the game. Let's not do all that bullshit. That's a shitty rule as it is. Um, okay, so ref calls. So the fumble return, okay? In my football watching experience, a lot of the time those plays will be whistled before anything happens. And so what happens is if the play is legit – Whistled. Like, for instance, when Corral fumbled and the dude, as soon as he picked it up, I've seen this before where they'll whistle the play as soon as he picks it up. Okay. So if it's legit and they picked it up and they started running, they whistle it. Well, you can't review that because you, cause you can't do like a, like if, if he did this, if he ran all the way, if, you know, you can't, you can't do that. It's either it happened or it didn't happen. So what I don't understand is they let it play out. He picked up the fumble. The ref ran down the sideline. They gave the touchdown symbol, okay? In my opinion, and I'm pretty sure this is some type of rule or something, if something happens like that on the field, you have to have video evidence, legit video evidence, that um, that it didn't happen or it wasn't a fumble. Okay. I didn't hear any explanation. I didn't understand why they didn't mark it down. So on the field, it was called a touchdown. So you have, they have to see with their own eyes, why was it not a touchdown? Okay. Watch the Cowboys game the other day. Dak Prescott on the goal line. Two, he's done this twice. He's done a forward um, ball into the end zone. QB sneak. We know that it's a touchdown, and they call it on the field, but then they'll go back to review and say yes or no or whatever. Well, the, the first time they reviewed it and they said he, he scored, whatever. But my point is you have to go review it and have legit evidence that it wasn't a touchdown, okay? I, I, I will never in a million years – a complete game changer, okay? Um, I don't know if – I can't remember if they scored on that drive or not. But if they did, that's a 14-point swing. Another 14-point swing, like I mentioned earlier. So, um, the, the fourth and 24, I've only seen one time, Now I've seen a couple times, that was from section Z15 over in the corner looking at the jumbotron, okay? Now, I could be totally 1,000% wrong about this, but, and I probably should have looked at it before I got on here, but, I'm, I will die that it was a first down. A lot of people have told me that say no, his knee was down. I saw from far away that the knee is it was like synchronized. The knee was down, but his arm was across the the way. Now that can be argued back and forth, whatever. Now one thing I, I don't understand about that is if you watch the replay, the ref will go to the line. And then when he runs to the ball, it's like sideways. Like, I didn't understand that. Like, it's almost like he thought it was a first down at first, and then he runs sideways to the spot. I didn't understand that. So, that can be a toss-up call. Again, I saw it from 200 or 100 yards away. Um, We shouldn't have been in that situation. If you get one more yard on third down – we get the first down, okay? Um, 
we shouldn't have been in a fourth and 24 to begin with. I can't remember what happened, a couple holding calls or something. Shouldn't have been in a situation. Um, that's just – it's typical. It's typical typical Tennessee. I mean, it's kind of like the, the Florida mind – the mind block we have against playing them. We just can't beat Florida because we're, we're, we're cemented to beat them. It's kind of like us in big games. Something's going to happen to us. And – you know, any, that same night, any of the other SEC schools, none, none of that shit would have happened. It's just, it's just, it that that just happened to us. And um, the end of the game, it sucks. That, I don't know. We would people say that we would have won with Hooker on the last whatever. Man, you never know about that stuff. You can't really. Now, the Milton play, and none of y'all have. I was expecting some of y'all to mention this. The Milton play on third down, or the, the second-to-last play, he scrambles around. Now, he took – I think it was 12 seconds left on the clock. He took, like, nine seconds to scramble, which that's killer. But sometimes when you're out there and you're just trying to get away and, and, and cause, like, a jump ball scene, you don't really – can't really worry about time. That much time, is it was killer, but it is what it is. So, came within – of catching the ball again, typical Tennessee. Now the next play, okay. I would have rather for him to throw it at a UT receiver surrounded by twenty-seven Ole Miss Rebels than to do what he did. Okay. I don't understand what he was doing when he first took off. He had a ton of space, but you know it's not going to work because everybody's down at the goal line. They're going to come up to you, right? So if he decided to run, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. He jetted to the right and, and did some kind of hoopty doopy back and forth flip and and flipped it to this guy. And this guy flipped it to this guy all the way to the end zone. That would have been fine. I don't understand running it and running it to the left and running out of bounds. To me, that tells me he didn't realize how much time is on the clock. Now, if, you, if you're the quarterback and you don't know how much time is on the clock, then that's an issue. <coughs> now, I wish he would have just stayed behind the line of scrimmage, ran around as much as he could. Maybe we could have got somebody open in the back of the end zone or a jump ball. That's That was my only hope, okay? Um, again, is it me or just like Tennessee has the last second, last – possession craziness that you've ever seen between like Dooley's 13 men on the field and and the Music City Bowl he had that year and I'm, I'm sure there was a Butch player to that or game or two where he you know crazy ending but 15, that's all I have for that the 15 Florida um, with Butch oh yeah oh yeah 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 definitely the Tennessee I mean, who who can't guard a who can't guard a fourth and thirteen or whatever, you know? But if the roles were reversed, we would have got sacked for that play. BYU nineteen, Alante Taylor. You can you can you can make a list of them. You can make Let a list of them. The bridge. I'll go jump off of it, and y'all get back to. <laughs> all right, so I'm done with that topic. So this next topic is the one I've been waiting all week to talk about. We're going to talk about some of the. Fan uh, interaction, the friendly uh, fr uh, fan interaction. We're going to talk about the delay at 54 seconds, and we're going to talk about some of the blue check media. Uh, Paul, you're up. I want to say this to ESPN, the whole damn organization. If you don't want to come to Neyland, don't come. 
If you don't want to talk about Tennessee football, don't talk about Tennessee football. No one's asking you to come cover us. No, you're you're paying us or we're paying you to come cover us. But as fans, we genuinely do not give a flying shit about whether or not you think we're bad people or whether or not you think we suck. That bottle throwing was not over one shitty call. That was the past 10 years of frustration that we've been through that nobody else has been through. You you can say we've you've covered it all, but you're not emotionally invested. Like we've had family members like the last thing, like I, my uncle, for one, the last memory I had with him was at a Tennessee game. So I'm emotionally invested into this shit. So when shit like that happens, yeah, we're going to get pissed off. I personally didn't throw anything. I'd already drank everything and threw everything away that I was that I would have thrown because I would have thrown something. That was it, was it was just bullshit. And it seems like every home game that we have, it's a bullshit call or it's a it's a bullshit play that doesn't go our way. It's just Tennessee. I mean, we've talked about it. it we can make a list of just bullshit, wacky plays that just never go our way at the end. So when you tell us that we're acting disrespectful or that we don't have a volunteer spirit or competitive spirit, I don't, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm just so sick of this whole thing where people are just like, why do you think, like, who who are you? Like, how entitled do you have to be to sit there and tell 2,000 out of 102,000 people that, all of us are entitled because 20 people threw a water bottle. And like Leland made in a TikTok, it's not like the FBI was going to come and fuck us up for it. We threw water bottles and some mustard and a beer, couple beer cans. Len Kiffin deserved to get hit with a golf club. Fuck a golf ball. If I had a golf club, I would have slung it at his ass too. I'm sick of his shit. That bullshit with the injured players. I mean, I'm, I could go on a 30-minute rant, but I'm going to leave it at that. I'm so sick of all these blue checks talking shit about – everything that has to do with Tennessee football. If you don't want to cover us, don't cover us. Nobody watches your show anyways. Uh, I've got a list. You know, you're talking about blue checks. Pat Forty, uh, Stuart Mandel, which if, if any of you have ever seen Stuart Mandel, that guy was crucified in high school by the looks of him. I mean, I, I would have beat his ass and taken his lunch money and shoved him in a locker. And David Ubbin. David Ubbin, Leland loves the word cuck. He is the king of cucks, okay? Because when he when he was at uh, Athletic talk, talking about the volunteers, he'd get on uh, sports radio in Knoxville and beg like a little bitch to subscribe to Athletic. Tennessee, I love you. Please, I need it for my money. And then the second you leave, you got a heel turn and you want to talk shit about us, the people that help, help pay your light bill. I love it. What a little pansy, man. Uh, David Evans, somebody I definitely would have picked on in high school. The Hilton, it's amazing. It kind of reminds me of uh, Brian Maurer, the way he did, like, you know, calling the fans out so it's not our team and all this and that, and then the NIL hits. But the blue check crap, man, I'm over that. And a lot of it is, and I know Leland said it before, uh, they're using it for clicks because we're nuts on – Twitter, Facebook, and all that, and, and they're just doing it to attack because uh, they all got their feelings hurt back when we stood up for ourselves on Chiano Sunday, and they can't get over it. You know, back in the day, they were picked on in high school by the people that were into sports, and now they feel like they can pick on the people because of sports. I, I'm over their BS. Uh, that, in, oh, that infuriates me so bad I could die, especially the David Oven, the biggest hypocrite there he is right now. Well, I don't know. Dan Wolken getting called out by one of the local media 
because of him, you know, taking the high horse on some crap. These people, they're like the weather. They're just not steady on any opinion. It's just whatever makes the most money and whatever source tells them. I, I'm over that crap. I, I'm done. Low, yeah, low. You're next. I, I'm, I'm pissed about the blue check brigade. Bunch of cucks, as Leland would say. Yeah. So I want to start this off with the most dramatic. Well, I actually I don't know if this is the most dramatic, but I just thought this was so embarrassing that someone thought to tweet this because of the incident um, of fans throwing stuff. The University of Tennessee has blood on their hands for this incident. I did not know that we had a bloody massacre out there in the uh, fourth quarter of that football game. People are here for the clicks and the dramatics, and it is absolutely pathetic. I think the media does all this shit. For one, like you mentioned, so they can get clicks. But for two, they are so damn scared of us. I mean, what fan base has stopped a hire from happening? We did via Twitter and protesting, right? They literally hate us because they cannot tame us, and that's terrifying to them. So they shit on us every second they can, and they just want to get clicks. But I'm telling you what, when Tennessee football finally returns, and I think Hypo will do it, they will be kissing our asses and trying to put us on a pedestal and try to make up for this because they don't want to get shit on by all of all Twitter. I wouldn't want to. I would be terrified of it. But honestly, I just think it is so embarrassing Quit blaming the actions of a few. And I mean, by a few, I mean a small percentage. There was over 100,000 people in that stadium. I didn't throw a bottle. I don't want to be called the most embarrassing fan on the uh, college football fan on the fucking planet. That is pathetic. Like people are so dramatic, which I'm dramatic too. But seriously, okay, so hold those people accountable. But do not ever crucify this entire fan base for the actions of a few. That's like um, someone getting on a car in a car accident and then blaming all the drivers around them when with the one driver kill like hit somebody. You know, it's ridiculous. So I don't know. I get fired up about it. I do think it's hilarious that they can never stop talking about it. It's like once Tennessee has one thing happen, they want to blow it up for days and just make it the biggest issue in the world. Because um, honestly, we're a pretty damn interesting fan base. So. They have nothing else that makes a story. Um, in terms of all of that, I just think it's really funny. Um, I don't condone like all of the throwing. I did see some people actually get hit. Um, I mean, but I didn't do it. I don't want to get blamed for it. I stayed and watched the game. So they just need to move on to something else. And also, if we're going to penalize for it, there needs to be a penalty every time it happens in every single sport. It's happened in plenty of sports across the SEC. If we get penalized, Ole Miss should have been penalized at the basketball court. Everyone should be penalized for it. And honestly, how do they want – they need to make it like an actual committee where we can maybe try to fix some of these problems. People get so pissed off because these problems continue to happen to us, and there is no offered solution. They just make a statement, and everyone's just supposed to go on time and time again. It's not just football. It's all of Tennessee athletics. It was in baseball. It happened in basketball to us. Now it's happened in football. People are that angry because it just gets pushed under the rug. Make a committee, do your jobs, 
and try to find solutions to some of these problems so that people can actually have like a reasonable thing to turn to to solve them. <clears throat> All right, boys and girls and ladies and gents and Z and Zare and they and them. Um, I, uh, I've been waiting for this, this one. Okay. Before I start, I want to say that I've never thrown anything. I've never thrown anything. And I don't condone throwing. Okay. Without being said. Now, do I give a shit that water bottles were thrown? No, I don't give a shit. Okay. The only thing I gave a shit about was after the first couple and we were still waiting. I was ready to leave, either finish the game or leave, okay? I don't give a shit what we threw on the field, okay? On the way out, my brother, he is 21, and I feel bad for his generation, okay? His generation, the highlight of his life, for Tennessee football was 2016. What did we do in 2016? We beat Florida. We started out 5-0. and We played in the Music City Bowl, okay? Paul, you're around his age, probably a little older. That's, that's y'all's highlight, okay? In the last 20 years, we are sick and tired of the garbage-ass umpires. We're tired of mediocrity. We're tired of bullshit calls. For, and I tweeted this the other night. Between Jabbar Gaffney in 2000 to um, John Kelly doing the Gator Chomp in the swamp when he scored. We got flagged for that. To every damn call against Alabama. We're going to have 10 bad calls down there in Tuscaloosa this weekend, okay? We're not going to win. We're going to get murdered. But there's going to be 20 bad calls down there, Okay. At some point, and I told my brother this walking out of the stadium, at some point, we as fans are tired of sitting on our hands and doing nothing, okay? Now, yeah, you can probably say do it in a different way. But then on the flip side of that, what other way is there, okay? Again, I'm not condoning throwing anything on the field, but at some point, something has to be be heard. This idiot down in the SEC office has took a load to the face from Alabama for many years, and I'm over it, okay? He's going to find a way to sneak them in the college football playoff, okay? I'm over him not doing anything about officiating. This is the same officiating crew that had the controversial ending. I think it was Memphis and uh, Mississippi State or something in the bowl game or something. They got suspended and then came back, and what they do? They messed up again. Screwed us over, but three or four calls. Um, Dr. I wasn't going to call any media members out because I don't want to give them the time of day. But this David Ubin Ubin, so I'm going to read his tweet. Okay, at my point is every fan base has crazies that do dumb stuff. Okay, yeah, we do. Every one of them does including Tennessee. This second sentence pisses me off. Tennessee's just seem to do dumber, crazier things more frequently than anybody else, okay? Let me give you some examples, okay? Come on in to Leland's story time, okay? The Buffalo Bills, okay? Every tailgate, 
houses on fire. They set tables on fire. They get drunk. They break their backs on the tables doing WWE moves from the from the um, from the trucks and the trailers and the and the campers right next to them. They jump off from the top of them. A couple years ago, they threw a dildo on through the field. Okay, a dildo with kids around. Tell me what's that? I saw that in your drawer the other night. What is that? So I don't understand. Okay, Eagles. Let's take Eagles fans. I'm a big Cowboys fan. Everybody knows it, right? In 1999, I think it was, Michael Irvin goes over the middle, gets hit, goes down, has a broke neck on the turf. You know what Philadelphia Eagles fans do? They stand up and cheer. They booed Santa Claus. They threw eggs at the opposing fan bases. They flip off the opposing fan bases. You have... uh, was it Raiders and 49ers or something? Or the Rams? Full-on fights in the stands. Somebody got knocked up. Somebody got murdered at a game. And this idiot wants to say that we do dumber and crazier things more frequently because we threw a Dasani on the, on the field. A Dasani. Okay? A Dasani. We threw a Dasani, but that's crazier than throwing a dildo. That's the most... In, that's the most stupidest. Okay, so the other day, a couple years ago, when LSU and Alabama played for the national championship, there was a passed out LSU fan at Crystal's down in New Orleans, okay? On the countertop. Bama fan comes up, unzip his pants, pulls out his ball sack, rubs his ball sack all over the LSU fan's face. But throwing a Dasani crazier than rubbing your testicles on somebody's face. Sexual misconduct. He's in jail. He lost his job. He got a divorce. Two years in jail over that. Two years in jail. Thank you, dear. I didn't know what you meant. Two years in jail over that. But that's crazier than throwing some mustard. By the way, I'm sure people who throw things aren't aiming for players because most of the time, most of the, most of the trash was on the side. Okay, there was some down 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 there, Ole Misses. Whatever. They they wear helmets. Get over it. A damn Dasani is not going to kill nobody. You take hits from a 350-pound lineman, a, a Dasani bottle, I don't care how full it is, is not going to kill you. And, the, and some there was a good tweet by, by TC the other day talking about golf and fans around, and you go to ballparks, and you know the warning of foul balls. Okay? But this idiot wants to say that's dumber and crazy than putting your testicles on somebody. This Dan Wolken, sucked off Greg Schiano, is pissed because we were going through some NCAA stuff, and I don't know the whole story with Greg Schiano. I personally think we just didn't want him because he was a garbage-ass coach. If his name, if he was Urban Meyer, I fully believe we would have hired him with or without the name attached to the Penn State stuff. I fully do believe that. Because he's obviously... He was hired at Ohio State. He's obviously hired at Rutgers. It was his name that didn't get him hired here. Bottom line, I'm going to say it. It may be controversial. I'm going to say it. Okay. We didn't hire his buddy, Greg Schiano. They're tight. Okay. They're butt buddies. He's mad because we didn't hire him, and he wants to write these pieces on us constantly, crying. 
because we're because twenty fans at a one hundred two four five five threw a water bottle. We're crazy. Twenty fans threw a water bottle. That's my rant. I think it's stupid. I think I think we're tired. Ready to win. I don't, again, I don't give a shit what any of these blue checks say. They have pronouns in the bio. They're here to make money and get our clicks going, okay? But uh, anybody Lee, else got anything? Yeah, I do. I mean, that, that's why I made that thread the other day, because he says crap like that. So rape and murder is not as bad as throwing water bottles. Alabama fans are notorious, man. They killed people. Because, I can't – it was a woman a few years ago – she killed another Alabama fan because she, quote, was not mad enough about their loss. And then there was a, I think it was a band. Harvey Updike. Harvey Updike poisoned the trees. Yeah, poisoned the damn tree. And you're worried about a freaking design, which I, I don't drink design. If I had it, I probably would have threw it too because it's just trash water. <laughs> but again, it goes back to he wants to piss on the people that were trying to buy subscriptions to help his crappy articles. It's just comical to me. I mean, I had no idea that murder was not as bad as throwing a water bottle. So I'll remember that next time I'm pissed at somebody. I'm not anybody, so putting that out there. I just want to. Anybody else before we move on to Bama, Paul? You got something on this topic? Yeah, I want to say one thing, and I want to give a shout out to our head coach Josh Heupel. Uh, he stood up in front of national media, knowing everything that's going on. And he basically told everybody to shut the fuck up. And that was the most lit shit I've ever been a part of. And to just one, there and just pull out your balls in front of everybody. I, I love that, man. One more thing before we move on. And, and DR, I think you have something to say. I do. Um, okay, love to. So all these, all these Karens on Facebook that want to cry and talk about how we're embarrassed to be a Tennessee fan. I legit am more embarrassed over the last – coaches and the last quarterback than I ever in a million years would be about throwing Dasani. I'm more embarrassed about on-field activity than I am ever about be, about throwing anything on the field, period. DR? Uh, you know, Paul, what you were talking about, about a high pool. So I'd heard a guy call in. He's got season tickets, had them for years, and he sits like eight rows back from the recruits. And he thinks that Heupel didn't—he didn't condone it, but he didn't say anything about throwing stuff because he said that he saw the recruits and the parents throwing stuff too, because they were pissed about how we were getting just crapped on by the referee. That's why he didn't. And if that's true, man, Heupel's really gained a lot of points with me. I, <laughs> I just wanted to say too, real quick. I think this, on top of I don't—I guess I, everything else was really dramatic, but. Every I saw multiple people uh, saying that now we needed to stop selling alcohol because alcohol caused the problem. I just want to say that is that if y'all y'all must have never ever ever attended any type of sporting event at Tennessee. If you think the alcohol that's been sell, sold for three years at that stadium was the cause of this incident. People have been hammered there since football probably has ever been played at that university. They carry it in. They strap it in wherever they can. That is absolutely not the cause of this incident. I mean, that is just 
that's like one of the de one of the dumbest things I've heard. Like, there is no way the alcohol caused that incident. That sold at the game, I guess. I mean, but people are going to be more pissed drinking. But again, it could be anyone, and it wasn't this just the student section. It was not just. I mean, it's the it's the seventy year old man who's pissed off. It's the it's some of the old miss players that I saw and caught and the ones that I saw come down to my personal section and try to start two fights. Those two those old miss people. It's everyone. There is idiots in every fan base, in every sport, in every state. And if you let idiots define us, then the entire human population is idiots. Okay? Because there is idiots everywhere. So again, this action does not define all the fans or the university. Anyone who thinks that can kiss my ass. I got about three things and we'll move on to Bama. One, uh, I just forgot. Um, so Vol Navy, under, under, he tweeted underneath your uh, tweet low. He said, they're in this live session and estimated 11 Ole Miss players were injured. Um, Number two, I just remember what I was going to say. Did y'all see the Ole Miss players uh, fire up the fire extinguishers and they were spraying them on the field? But we're not classy. But we're terrible humans. God forbid a Dasani versus something that can save somebody's life and spraying it all over the place. Damn, I forgot my third point. Uh, okay, anyway, we'll move on to Bama. What's your, what's your thoughts on Bama, Paul? Unmute your... Uh, well, I'm, we talked about it before we started. I think we're all kind of ready for the bye week when it comes to playing Alabama this weekend. Uh, personally, I don't want to see Hendon Hooker play, even if he's healthy enough to play. Rest him, because this is not a game that you should win. I mean, now I say that, but now Hendon Hooker's going to start and go win us the damn game, because I'm, I'm just always wrong about shit. But I think you play Joe Milton, especially if, especially if, <laughs> uh, not, uh, especially if Hooker's not 100%. But I mean, Joe Milton, what are you doing, man? You got, I don't want to talk about last week. We're talking about Alabama, but I think the most important key for beating Alabama, if we were to beat Alabama somehow, is to throw the slant every single play against Henry Toe. So, I think that play will probably work uh, 100% of the time. I mean, he can't stop it. He still can't stop it. Even with Nick Saban as his coach, he's still not able to stop it. Um, I personally hope Tom Evans hits him so hard his helmet flies off. Like, Javon on Clowney hit him. Like, just absolutely murder the shit out of him. Um, I just hope we're competitive. That's all I'm really asking for. I don't think we will be, but I'm really praying that we are competitive. Uh, seeing – but seeing the way Hypel has been coaching, we always are. Like, even in Florida, that was a 24-point loss, but that was a very competitive team that lost by 24 points, if you look at it from a standpoint of watching the actual game. But, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about, at least not for me, so I'll let DR go ahead. I, I mean, I, I kind of made the joke. It's not really a joke for me. I finally – I moved on from Ole Miss and I'm focused on Kentucky. I, I you know, I told y'all before we started, I don't really watch the Alabama game that much. There's not a point, really. Uh, now, I will say 19, I did watch it, and I thought I was going to have a stroke because of JG. Uh, now, I don't want to play Hooker. I don't want to play Evans. I don't want to play the Maze. I want to rest up because, to me, we can still have a success, uh, uh, successful maybe 
for lack of a better term. Beat Kentucky, go seven and five, and I'll be happy with the season. Six and six, I'm gonna be happy with. But rest of those guys. Now that being said, Milton starting against Bama, there's a better chance that a man with Parkinson's could walk across the tightrope across the Grand Canyon as a tornado is sucking him up in the air than us beating with him because he's just god awful. He has no game awareness and he could overthrow a damn UFO trying to hit land on Saturn. Oh my God. Um, I, I want to reflect because I, since we, I've started like this pod, I was thinking, I think I remember distinctly in the beginning, we gave like a preview of the season and I said, I did not want to like go into Alabama resting our people. I wanted to go in and give it a shot. But now looking at like the season and what we have a chance to do, we have a chance to get to like a decent bowl. We have a chance to beat Kentucky. I would rather just have Milton start, rest Hooker. He'll have, he would have this week, he would have the bye week, and then we go into Kentucky. I think we can absolutely beat Kentucky if we are totally healthy, if Evans is back, if Hooker is back, if our defense is playing solid. I see no reason why we can't beat Kentucky. I will be at that game. I look forward to it. And so I've kind of bypassed Alabama mentally. Um, I would like to see us just be competitive and aggressive. Um, I can't, I mean, I, the spread is, I think I just looked, it was 27 and a half today. I, I just don't feel comfortable betting on any, any of this or doing anything. I just think hookers should rest, let Milton go out there. Um, and <laughs> we'll just see what happens. I really, um, I guess I'll watch it, and I, we might be surprised. I think our defense, I mean, if our defense did well, we, then we might be in it in the second, like at the start of the second half, and then they'll probably show us who Bama is. But I, in, in terms of this, I'm just looking at kind of the back few games of the season and trying to get bowl eligible because I think these guys deserve that. <sighs> I can't believe y'all. I really can't believe y'all. As as big as DR likes to say that I say, as big orange glasses cucks have y'all been, y'all are actually giving up on this week. Okay? What it what get up? It's Bama. Eventually we're gonna beat them. Eventually. They can't they can't go fifty. Football. Okay, so I'm gonna call each and I'm gonna call y'all out here a little bit. Okay, I don't I don't agree with resting players. If Hooker's available, play him. He's your best option. Play who's available. Okay. Did we just not watch Bama get beat by a backup quarterback? Did did that? It was that a dream of mine, or did that happen really? Okay. We just watched that happen. College football is the wildest, unpredictable madness that we've ever encountered in every sport, okay? Play your best guy. Let's see what happens, okay? If we're down, you know, 30 at halftime, um, then put in Milton. Let's let's rest it, rest dude's leg, okay? But let's let's play who's available. Play who who's is good to go. Play hooker if he's good. 
we don't know what could happen. We could, we could. Go, I'm, I'm having a hard time predict this game. I want to say that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fight. This team does not quit. Okay. What I'm worried about is Bama being Bama, coming out and running up and down the field on us. I do think we'll have them, uh, uh, their backs against the wall at some point. I could not tell you when. I couldn't tell you if it was the first quarter, third quarter, whatever. Fourth, if it's in the fourth quarter, great. Okay. Uh, a couple years ago, we went down there. That was the number two. I'm not even going to say his name. Number two, the over the top. Brian Maurer started the game. He had a couple drives. We were right there. We picked off, uh, I think we picked off uh, Tua. When them going in, we were right there with them. Then the 99 return happened and completely changed the game. Okay. This isn't Bama. This isn't Bama from, you know, seven, eight years ago that has, you know, that, granted they still have the five stars, but these their defense is not what it used to be, okay? They still have a freshman QB that's that could turn the ball over. You never know. I know he's outstanding. Um, let's roll roll with what we got. Um, play who's good. Play who's good and healthy. Let's not have this rest them up mentality because in my eyes, that's, that's loserville. Um, yes, the wind is out of our sails after last week. And, yes, you know, it is Bama week and we've known to get our asses beat. And we, we're on a long losing streak to them. But, you know, let's roll the dice and go out there. So, um, score predictions and get out of here. And, uh, Paul, what you got? Unmute your mic, dummy. <laughs> Damn it. <coughs> uh, I'm going to give two. If Hooker plays, I'm going to go 52-31, Alabama wins. And then if Milton plays, I'm going to go 52-14, Alabama wins. Leland, I liked your spill on it, man. Um Things a little cuckery, but uh, let's see what you get. <laughs> uh, Paul, I, I like what you did, man. I did the same thing. 48-24 if Hooker plays and to go against Leland, I don't want him to play. I'm all in with Kentucky. I think we can beat the hell out of Kentucky. Uh, 53-13 with Milton. I also did the same thing. I like our mentality, guys. Um, I actually think our defense may be able to stop their run a little bit because – from what I looked at, their passing's really good, but we might be able to do something on defense. So I gave them 42-17 if Milton plays, uh, 34-21 if Hooker plays, both Alabama winning. Before I make my prediction, I wanted to say uh, everybody that came out to the tailgate last week, that was the most fun tailgate. I met people that – I probably didn't even know who they were. People would come up to me, and uh, <coughs> I wouldn't choke. But um, I'd ask to see their AVI, which that's pretty funny. Like, I didn't know who was who. Um, I appreciate Bandit and his wife and Eric and Austin and Rainey for getting there early because I sure as hell wasn't going to get down there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, appreciate everybody that came out. I think by the end um, – Probably about five or six o'clock. We probably, if we counted up every everybody, we probably had forty or fifty people there. Um, great time. I wish the game matched the tailgate. I appreciate all them for doing all that for us. 
reserving the spot and, and the food that they brought. They didn't even ask for anything. We we're going to have to make that up to them somehow. We Maybe we can all get together for an away game at somebody's house or, or do something and make it up to them a little bit. But wanted to throw that out there. So my Bama prediction, um, as far as betting goes, I wouldn't touch it. I'm not going to touch it, the 25, because that's – I mean, we could easily lose by 21 and we could easily lose by 31. Um, what I like to do is I like to do like an alternate alternate spread. So find Bama maybe between 17 and 20 and combine it with another with another game maybe. That's what I like to do. But I wouldn't touch the 20, 27, would not at all. Um, as far as the game goes, I got an interesting stat for you here, okay? So Josh Heupel has been a head coach for four years. 18, 19, 20, UCF, and uh, this year, okay? Or 18, 19, 20, 21, yeah. So four years. So in all those four years, he has lost um, by more than one possession twice. So, tech, so like he's gotten blown out just twice or, yeah, yeah, more than twice, yeah. So it was, it was the LSU game and the bowl game with UCF, and it was Florida this year. He's lost by more than two one possession twice. Is it, I think that, that sounded right, okay? Yeah, and Lee, uh, I had that central – the LSU game, his starting quarterback was out. Okay, so starting QB was out during that bowl game. Lost – I think he lost – he put 32 points on the board, by the way, but he gave they gave up like 40-something. So that's really good. That means he's scheming to keep his team in the game. That's that's very good. That's what you want to see, right? Um, with that being said, I don't think we're going to lose by one possession. But I think we're going to throw some punches. Now, I don't know what kind of punches we're going to throw. I don't know if it's going to be a kickoff return, a punt block, you know, uh, first drive of the game going down the field. I don't know any of that. But yeah. I, I – I mean, lately, the last couple of years, you can point to big games that Tennessee's played in, and even in our three-win season and, and all this crap with Butch and all that, we've always done something, something in the game, right? We've never just totally shit the bed. Um, I think we're going to – if we have Hooker, we'll score some points. Um, we can put 24 to 30 on them, but the bad thing about that, about that is, is if we put that many points on them, they'll score 40 or 50. So if I had to put a score to it, I would I would put um, let's go forty two to twenty four, and it's going to be close in the first half, is what I have. Um, I think that's all we got for today. Does anybody have anything else before we head out? I just want to say this. I forgot to say it when we were talking about Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. If for some reason this video gets to you, you are the most spineless, cowardice. Pussy son of a bitch I've ever watched coach a football game. Josh Heupel outcoached the fuck out of you. If he has year two talent, and I'll take you a year three talent next year. If we play y'all next year, we're kicking y'all's ass by at least 30. Because you won't have Matt Corral to fucking pull up your pants and suck your dick to get you out of the game. And also, the NCAA needs to get on your ass about that injury bullshit. You've been caught on video telling people to go down. Maybe you should learn how to go down on Layla. Maybe she wouldn't have left your ass, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I wanted well, to say real quick, if any players are watching this, um, 
I just want to say go out there and give it your best damn effort. We'll support you regardless. Um, our predictions really don't mean shit. All that matters is that they go out and put in effort for all four quarters, regardless of who plays. And as long as they don't give up, I will be a happy Vol fan. Uh, DR? Yeah, I'm with Low. I mean, you know, I, I've called out some players tonight, but I am proud of them so far. I will say that. Uh, I never expected this. The Ole Miss game beginning of the year, I thought we'd get marked. And I thought they put 70 up on us, but – Again, to sound like a broken tape or a broken record, Tim Banks has just been impressive to me. Now I say that, and Bam will be the first team to put up a hundred in hundred years. But no, nah, that's all I got. I mean, I, I'm just not putting much stock in the Bama game. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, when I was walking out of the stadium with my brother, I mentioned to him, I said, "Dude, I can't wait till this dude gets some players. If he can scheme up." Um, and I, I tweeted it. I used the same words. If I if he if he's coaching these duct tape misfits to do what we're doing, just wait till we can get some players in here. And I told my brother that, and it, that's really the case. Is let's this can turn out to a really solid first year, and that's all you want to see. We're greedy though, human nature. We want to see the wins, and we want to see we want to see we want to see a competent football team, competitive football team. And we've been we're hungry and we we're crazy nut jobs no matter what uh blue check says about us. Uh again, don't give a shit what they say, don't give a shit what they write. Um every fan base is just like us, one hundred percent. Well, we might be a little nutty. And I've I mentioned it before, if if Tennessee had a game on the moon, it'd be sold out in thirty minutes. And I don't think you can really say that about many fan bases. And uh, we're just hungry, you know. Um, but um, to the people that listen to us, uh, we might have a couple of cool guests coming up in the next few weeks. Maybe in our bye week, we're trying to get some things hooked up with some with some with some guys that may be contributing or is contributing right now. And um, but uh, Bandit, I know your wife probably told you to that she was going to give it up tonight, and you just said. Forget the forget the podcast, but we we'll hope to see you back next week. Paul, did you have something before we get off? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna kind of agree with what you were saying. Like Josh Heupel, we were not playing this competitive with any of the last four coaches in year one, other than Dooley against LSU is really your only argument. And I think that was year two, wasn't it? Butch Butch had a nice uh, close loss against Georgia there. Oh yeah, okay. But Heupel's dude, Heupel. I know we say this every year, but I, I even had an old Miss fan like bump into me outside of the game, and he was like, "I do not. I'm glad we got y'all in year one of Heupel because year two, year three, year four, I'm not wanting to play you guys. Like if we ever make the FC Championship and we're playing Heupel, I'm not betting on us to win the game. And, I, and it's true. Like Heupel's really going to fix shit around here, and I'm excited about it. All right, let's end this show. I'll see y'all. If y'all are doing anything for Alabama game, I know Dr. You're out of. You don't. You live in Cuckville. But if any of the rest of y'all are doing anything for Alabama game, holler. Peace out. <laughs>